0: A new Christian nationalism documentary with David French, Russell Moore, and others claims that Christo-fascism is on the rise. But is that the real threat our country is facing? Also, Ann Coulter and other conservatives are calling people like me radical and extreme for our basic pro-life Position. I've got a response to that. And also, producer Bree has some very controversial takes about Christmas music. We've got all that and more on this episode of Relatable, which is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com. Use promo code Allie for a discount. That's goodranchers.com code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Wednesday. Hope everyone is having a great week so far. Uh, before we get started, I do want to remind you that we've got new mugs. You've been asking for mugs for a very long time and the Relatable merch store. I love them. They're made in the USA. They're a really good weight, really high quality. We've got our Razor Respectful Ruckus mugs. We've also got our Do the Next Right Thing mugs. If you're watching on YouTube, we've got pictures right there. The Do the Next Right Thing mug, it's in Related Bro friendly colors. So you can have a his and hers situation going on, you Related Bells and Related Bros. Also, uh, you can get them for 25% off as well as everything else in the merch store. We've got a ton of great merch. If you use the code Allie25, when you check out at alliemerch.com, you can get 25% off between now and Christmas. Also, if you are going to be at America Fest this weekend, I'm going to be there and we are going to be selling some merch there. We're going to be selling our Do the Next Right Thing t-shirts. And so if you've been thinking about getting that, but you don't want to order it, maybe you're afraid it's not going to get here by Christmas. If you are going to be at America Fest, I'll be speaking twice, uh, then you can pick up a Do The Next Right Thing shirt. It'll probably be at a booth that's that's branded for Blaze TV. I'm not Totally sure about that, but just look for that. I'll get you a t shirt. All right, just wanted to say that up front. Now we've got a lot of things to talk about. So uh, we're going to talk about the Christian nationalism documentary a little bit more because I have some things to say about it. But I was thinking on the way over to the studio, Um, about the story that we discussed yesterday. And I just, I've got a little rant. I've got a little bit more to say about this story of the woman, Kate Cox, who is suing the state of Texas to have an abortion because at 20 weeks, her baby inside the womb was diagnosed with trisomy 18, which is usually not always a fatal diagnosis. They die either in utero or within a week, sometimes within a year, sometimes within a few years after birth. There are some babies that actually survive much longer than that. There are teenagers who have trisomy 18. It just depends on the diagnosis and the medical attention that a medical team is willing to um, give the baby. But uh, she wasn't interested in that route. She wanted to abort her child. She wasn't interested in the different options that were given to her um, that they could induce her labor. They could give her a C-section, whether the baby died in the womb or uh, made it to delivery. She wanted an abortion. And in the state of Texas, she didn't qualify for an abortion. There is an exception for the life of the mother in Texas abortion law, but her life was not at risk. Um, If it had been at risk, her doctors would have said that. Her lawyers certainly would have said that, but that's not the case that they're making. They're trying to exaggerate some of Uh, the risks that she does have, not based on any medical information that the doctors gave, but uh, based on their own interpretations to try to say that she should qualify and get an abortion. Well, sadly, Kate Cox has traveled to another state to um, abort her child. And I've been talking about this. A lot of pro-life conservatives have been talking about this. And We've gotten quite a bit of blowback, which is normal. It's very normal for the pro-life position to be called extreme, to be called radical, to be called cruel, handmaid's tale, all of these silly things that we've heard a million bajillion times from the left. Uh, But we're getting it also from the right. We are getting it from people who call themselves conservatives and even people who call themselves pro-life. Saying that our position—that this baby with a um, a terrible, very sad, tri- tragic uh, diagnosis—that um, that baby is a human being, and therefore uh, he has he is entitled to human rights. The most fundamental of which is the right not to be murdered, the right to life and that doesn't change depending on the circumstances surrounding their conception that doesn't change based on their special needs that doesn't change based on what situation the mother is in or what the mother desires to do if we believe the pro life premise that babies inside the womb are human then they always deserve or are entitled to that fundamental human right to not be murdered the fundamental human right life, But apparently that is a radical, cruel position that is going to cost Republicans all elections and people like me uh, need to take a more measured, a more nuanced, a saner position and to say that in a case like this, that child should be aborted or the woman should be allowed to abort her child. I've got more to say on that, but let me pause and tell you about Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They stand behind values that you and I do, um, and they are not donating money like these other wireless providers are to causes and politicians that are working against us. Instead, they're fighting for the Second Amendment. They're fighting for unborn lives just like you and I are. So make the switch to them. They've got great customer service. They make it really easy. Plus, they'll offer you uh, a free smartphone, a free smartphone right now with promo code Friday76, patriotmobile.com slash Allie you get a free smartphone with promo code Friday76. So you will not regret switching to Patriot Mobile. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Allie, PatriotMobile.com slash I find it so interesting that these so-called moderate conservatives really do think like progressives when it comes to this. Like, They don't really know, I've noticed, they don't really know the facts of the case. They don't know how far along Kate Cox is. They don't know anything, it seems, about fetal development. They don't know the difference between a DNC and a DE. They don't know what abortion looks like at this point in gestation. They don't realize um, that uh, that baby can be born whole. They don't think about the fact that the choice is really between two kinds of deliveries because the baby has to come out. It's either delivering that baby whole or delivering that baby in pieces. Instead, they just insist that it is radical to believe that this baby, even this baby, has a right to life. And I just I just want to say that I understand that position. I understand that position. However, and I say this from love, it is stupid. It is a stupid position. And I can say that with confidence because I once thought like these people did. I did. Back in 2016 and before, I also held the position that you can be pro-life but believe in A, B, C, D, E, F, G, exception that you can still care about babies inside of the womb. You can still believe that they have a right to life. You can be staunchly pro-life and still believe in all of these exceptions. I absolutely, 2015, Ali Stuckey absolutely would have said that uh, this situation with the Texas woman um, should qualify as an exception. I would have said that sure, she should be able to get an abortion. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it's tragic. But you know, she doesn't. She probably doesn't really want this. This is a really difficult decision. She should be able to get the abortion. I also would have said that abortion should be legal in cases of rape and incest. I probably could have given you a pretty significant, significantly long list uh, of. Of uh, reasons why someone should be able to get an abortion. And I still would have called myself staunchly pro life. I still would have said that I have compassion for those little image bearers of God. I would have used all the right language. But when it came down to it, my position was incredibly incoherent because I wasn't really thinking from the perspective of the baby. I was thinking about this as this abstract issue. And so because I was thinking about it like an issue, a political topic, rather than what it is, a a tangible matter of life and death for a human being, I held a very morally and logically stupid perspective on this. And you know what changed my mind? You might think it was having a child. Um, It wasn't. I did have our first in 2019. And so that strengthened My pro-life views, of course, when you see that baby in the ultrasound, uh, for me, it was about 11 and a half weeks, and I was shocked to see how fully formed she was with arms and legs kicking and moving and punching and and flipping around. That certainly strengthened my views, but that was not what did it. That's not actually what God used to change my mind from this inconsistent, incoherent, not really pro-life position that I held back in 2016 and prior. It was a Facebook comment. It was a comment from a person I don't even know who they are anymore. It was just a random follower because uh this was after I started my blog, The Conservative Millennial. And I had a Facebook page and I posted something or commented something about, "Oh yeah, I'm pro-life, but there's got to be exceptions sometimes, right?" I think I said something about the exceptions that are needed for rape and incest. And it was a a random commenter who asked me a question. Why why do the circumstances surrounding that child's conception change whether that child has a right to live or not? Why do the circumstances surrounding their conception endanger their right to life? It doesn't change the scientific fact that they're a human. It doesn't change the fact that they are an image bearer of God. Why should they be punished for a choice um, that was that that was made at their conception? Not by the mother in cases of rape, but an awful, sinful, wicked choice by the man who raped her. Why should the child get punished for that? Well, I never thought about it like that. I I I had never thought about it really from the perspective of the baby, that we don't punish a child because of the situation or the circumstances surrounding their conception. We shouldn't punish a child for a fatal diagnosis. We shouldn't punish a child for the situation that their mother may be in. We choose life for them. We choose love for them and their parents. That is the consistent take. That is the coherent perspective, because if you believe that you can be pro-life with X, Y, Z exception, then you're not really pro-life because you don't buy into the premise of the pro-life idea that babies are human beings and therefore deserve human rights. They're entitled to human rights. That is the only coherent position, and in fact, I have more respect for the opposite perspective. I have more respect for the radical pro-aborts, maybe not respect for them, but a more respect for the consistency of their argument. Uh, Those who simply say that they don't care that babies inside the womb are human beings, that they simply believe in women's absolute bodily autonomy, and that at any point, in pregnancy, she should be able to order the murder of her child. That's a barbaric position, but it's consistent. It, it makes more sense, logically, uh, than the position that, yeah, babies are human beings, but if they get sick or if their mom is in a really difficult situation, she should have a right to murder them. That doesn't make any sense at all. I know. I'm called radical. I'm called extreme. Uh, I'm, I, am, I will be called, or the position that I hold at least, will be blamed for losing Republican elections. I don't care. Abortion is extreme. Abortion is radical. Abortion is barbaric. Abortion is cruel. There is never a good or humane or sane justification for poisoning Or dismembering a child. They're simply not. Look, pro-choicers, because that's what that's what you are. If you believe you're pro-life, but there are XYZ exceptions. You're pro-choice. Um, just understand this. Can you understand this? Because this seems like really difficult for pro-choice people to grasp. Like, I know all of your arguments backwards and forwards. Like I would, by the grace of God, take absolutely any pro choicer in any debate or any discussion. Like I'm not, I'm not intimidated. I'm not afraid at all. I know all of your arguments. I understand them backwards and forwards. Pro choicers are extremely, I'm sorry, but extremely ignorant, <laughs> extremely ignorant when it comes to abortion, when it comes to fetal development, when it comes to gestation, when it comes to pro life arguments, just extremely ignorant. But here's what I want you to understand is that we pro lifers really believe, we really know that babies inside the womb are people, that they're human beings. They're not potential human beings. They're not a potential life. They're not just clumps of cells. They're human beings, and therefore they're entitled to human rights. Every, uh, every um, idea that we have about murder outside of the womb, we apply to people inside the womb. And so if you would not justify killing a person outside of the womb because of the disease that they're diagnosed with, because of their socioeconomic status, for, because of their potential for a difficult life, because they're poor, because their parents don't want them, because they're in some kind of difficult situation, because they're small, because they're helpless, if these are not reasons that you would kill someone outside of the womb, then they're not good reasons to kill someone inside the womb. Can you grasp that? You might not hold to that position, but can you, under, can you understand where we're coming from? And can you understand the incoherence in your position? You might not be ready to let go of it yet. I know it is so tempting to be seen as the sane and mature and nuanced voice in the room by saying, yeah, I'm pro-life, but I know it makes you feel good when you get progressives passing you on the back and conservatives whispering to you that really your position is the righteous one. I know. I know. That feels good. But your position is stupid. I used to hold it, too. It's time. Let go. All right. That's my rant. Uh, All right. Uh, Before we get into the rest of today's episode, let me pause. Let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day. And this is a company that unapologetically champions um, the pro-life cause. They are very outspoken about, um, believing that life matters, that babies inside the womb are made in the image of God. And I love that they use their business and use their platform, um, to uh champion life and to champion these little image bears and that's adele natural cosmetics they make amazing skincare amazing makeup i love it i use it every day keeps my skin moisturized especially in these winter months uh when my skin gets really dry they also have like a christmas line with christmas scents and i love that and they're all natural ingredients like even their um Christmas products that smell like gingerbread or chocolate or orange or vanilla, like they all use natural products from God's medicine cabinet. They don't have synthetic fragrances or toxins or anything like that. They care about each and every ingredient that they put into their batches. And so that's why I love Adele Natural Cosmetics. I've seen a big difference in my skin. Plus, this is a family-owned company, a Christian family, and you can feel really good about supporting them. Your skin will look great, uh, but you can also rest assured that your dollars are going to a family that are fighting for the things. Things that you and I are, namely uh, the right to life for little babies inside the womb. Uh, right now, they've got an awesome deal going on. This is the best deal of the year for Adele Natural Cosmetics. If you go to adelnaturalcosmetics.com, enter code Allie, you'll get 30% off all first-time purchases in the month of December. That's awesome. 30% off all first-time purchases in the month of December by using my code Allie, adelnaturalcosmetics.com, code Allie. All right. So we know the problems that our nation is facing, right? We've got pornography in schools that's being celebrated um, by not just librarians and school administrators and teachers and activists, but the government itself, the Democratic Party, claims that these very sexually explicit books that are uh, labeled as LGBTQ affirming books Um, they celebrate the fact that these books are in libraries and say that this representation matters, even as they shut down the parents who are reading these books out loud at uh, school board meetings. Uh, We've got abortion, which we just covered, the violent killing of babies that happens every day totally legally. We've got the butchering of the bodies of people who say that they're confused about their gender. This includes children. This includes adolescents. Um, We understand that the Biden administration is uh, weaponizing its power to force people to uh, participate in this madness, taking away free school lunches from schools with students in poverty if they don't allow boys into girls' restrooms. We can link a past episode on that if you doubt it. Uh, We've got a lot of moral issues that are facing our country got a two-tier justice system. Uh, We've got absolute rot in academia. Every single institutionalized power that be has been completely uh, captured by progressivism, by this uh, up-is-down, right-is-wrong ideology. This manifestation of Romans 1 um, is at the very top Of every global and national institution, whether you're talking about the WHO, the UN, WEF, the federal government, many state governments, our public education system, academia, the mainstream media, Hollywood. They are all lockstep um, in most of these moral and cultural issues. Um, It's not really, uh, it's not really a debate. Not really. It's not a serious debate, uh, which ideology has more power and uses its power to punish any dissent. I mean, think about Jack Phillips. This is just one of many examples who has been fighting since 2012 for his right simply to bake a cake that aligns with his values. You'll remember he is the owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop and, uh, He was asked by two gay men if he would make a cake to celebrate their gay wedding, so-called. And he said, no. He said, well, I can't make a a wedding cake for you, but I can make you another kind of cake, but I can't make something that explicitly celebrates a union that my Christian faith calls sin. I won't do that. And he was sued by this cruel activist couple, and Colorado ruled against him. And said, nope, bake the cake, you bigot, while it was eventually taken to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court did rule in his favor, not on the grounds of religious liberty, but just said, look, Colorado treated this person with express hostility uh, towards his Christian faith. And so, therefore, we're not going to uh, agree to the decision that the Colorado court made. Um, And he is still fighting. He's still fighting because now you have trans activists, all kinds of LGBTQ activists targeting him and um, requesting that he make cakes that they know that he cannot morally make. And so um, Alliance Defending Freedom has been representing Jack Phillips for a very long time. He has poured out thousands of dollars of his money, so much of his time. I mean, I've met him before. Back in like 2017, I think, um, I, I started a GoFundMe for him, which, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not patting myself on the back for that because that takes like zero effort. It was all of you, all the people who followed me that donated money. And I think raised over like $30,000 for him. And I met Jack Phillips a few, uh, A few years ago, and that was the first time I had met him. So gentle, so sweet, so kind, and his eyes just welled up with tears. And he told me that all those donations that you guys sent so many years ago actually helped him keep his business open at the time that he was draining his resources and his time trying to defend himself from LGBTQ activists. And so, this is a Christian who literally was just minding his business, just living his life. And you have LGBTQ activists who have weaponized the power of the government to try to force him to bake a cake in their favor. It's the same thing with Lori Smith. It's the same thing with uh, florists and artists and coaches and teachers and all kinds of people who just want to live in a way that abides by their moral code, especially when it comes to sex and gender who are sued, who are fired, who are discriminated against. We constantly hear from the LGBTQ progressive side, just mind your own business, stay in your own lane. We literally are, and you guys are hunting down Christians to target and then sue and then ruin. Um, so it's, there's really no serious debate about who is in charge and who has the power and who is trying to interfere in the lives of whom. It's the progressive side, duh. And yet we hear um, that Christian nationalism is the big threat our country faces. Christian nationalism is causing all the real problems. It's Christian nationalism that we have to fear. It's Christian nationalism that's rising to prominence and power. And there's a new documentary. Uh, Phil Vischer is in it. Uh, He is the guy who created VeggieTales. I mean, talk about... such a different person with a different mission now um david french of course russell moore several other people are in it who would call themselves progressives now those people russell moore david french and phil fisher wouldn't call themselves progressive they might even call themselves in some ways conservative which is funny um But they are in this, and it's a documentary about the dangers of Christian nationalism. That this is the real threat that we have to focus on. So, here's a clip from the documentary. They're told over and over and over again that you're in danger. You need to fight if you don't want to lose your country. We are in a civil war between good and evil. This is not a movement about Christian values, this is about Christian power. What happens to the people who don't believe this stuff?
1: We are on the precipice. God is on
0: our side. We're taking our nation back.
1: The thing that keeps me up at night is that we lose democracy. Does that seem possible? Yes.
0: Okay. So we talked about this a little bit with John Cooper on Monday. You can go back and listen to that episode. But I just had I just had more to say about this. So I can say up front what I've said for years now. um, If by if by Christian nationalist, what you mean is someone who believes that America is the new Israel is God's chosen country, that the future of America determines when Jesus is coming back, and that we are called to build a theocracy here where we force people to bow down at the cross of Christ, and we use Jesus to round people up and force them into <laughs> conversion uh, conversions. If by Christian nationalists you mean the people who caused violence on January 6th and stormed the Capitol and are calling for executions for non-Christians. <laughs> if that's what you mean by Christian nationalists, then yes, of course I condemn that. Of course, I I, I know I don't know anyone. And I don't know anyone who knows anyone. Who falls into that camp? I'm sure they exist. They mostly exist online. I think most of those people are bots. Um, But I'm sure that there are people who believe those things. If by Christian nationalist that's what you mean, then yeah, that's just theologically incorrect. That's theologically incorrect. Um, America is not God's chosen country. We might have reaped special blessings, gracious blessings. We have, and that's incredible. Uh, the future of America does not determine when Jesus is coming back. No one knows the day or the hour that Jesus is coming back um and um and we are not called as Christians to establish a theocracy, but Christians are called to bring our worldview to the voting booth. We are called to allow um our faith to influence how we vote, and what we think about each policy. Everyone in the United States in this representative democracy has a right to do that, has a responsibility to do that. But what we are hearing from those who decry Christian nationalism as this great, big, prominent, pervasive threat, what we hear is that Christians are not allowed to do that that Christians are the only ones who cannot bring our worldview to the voting booth, that we can be personally against abortion, Uh, we can be personally against transgenderism, we can have our own personal beliefs about marriage and about these moral matters, but it is fascism the second you allow those personal beliefs to become political. But that's not true of any other group It's okay for progressives to bring their worldview to the voting booth. It's okay for an atheist to allow his secular humanism to inform his vote. It's okay for people of all different kinds of religious backgrounds and all different kinds of worldviews to bring their beliefs to the public square And allow that to shape what they think about policies. But when Christians do it, it's theocratic fascism. When Christians do it, it's scary Christian nationalism. When Christians do it, it is the number one threat to democracy that exists. Don't you see what's happening here? Don't you see that they're just trying to scare Christian conservatives out of voting in alignment with our faith? Don't you see that they're just trying to neuter you? Don't you see that they just don't want Republicans to win? That's what it is. Like it's that it's really that superficial that they just don't want Republicans who abide by their Christian faith to win. They they believe that the only future for Christianity in the United States is a neutered future, a future in which Christians completely push our faith to the side categorize our faith over here and then just allow progressivism to run rampant. That's what we hear. Um and I'm just not jiving with that. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not really sorry actually. Um because the things that they don't want us fighting against are things that are an assault on the Imago Day. They don't want my faith to inform what I think about abortion, what I think about transgenderism, what I think about marriage, but they do, and they have to. And me bringing my faith to the voting booth is not forcing you to become a Christian. I'm just doing the same thing you, Atheist Progressive, are doing. You're bringing your personal beliefs into the public square, and so am I, and may the best idea win. That's how this whole thing is supposed to work but Christians are supposed to bow out of the fight. We're not supposed to care about the babies being dismembered inside the womb. You're not supposed to care about the bodies being butchered butchered by derelict doctors. You're not supposed to care about the rising crime, and you're not supposed to push for uh, real justice against criminals. You're not supposed to care about these things. You're not supposed to bring your moral beliefs into the public dialogue about politics and culture and morality, conservative Christian. Everyone else can, but you can't because when you do it, it's the handmaid's tale. When you do it, you're a fascist. That's what's going on here. Now, I say this as someone who, one, I voted for Trump twice, but also I am not the world's biggest Trump fan. I'm not like y'all probably know that about me there are other candidates that I think would be way better presidents that's a fact um but I also understand that he is simply not the threat to democracy that these people say that he is and I understand that people who vote for him like I have um are not These crazy, radical, extreme, theocratic, fascists that the media and this documentary wants you to believe that we are. We're just not. We're just people who think that it's wrong to abort babies. Like, we're just people who believe in free speech. We're just people who believe in the Second Amendment. We're just people who don't believe that the government should be uh, threatening to take away uh, a parent's custody of their children because they won't chemically castrate their 10-year-old son. Crazy. I know. We're wild out here. These are just the things that we believe, things that were common sense, things that everyone believed 10 to 20 years ago. Yeah. Are there some extreme people out there? Are there some truly authoritarian, dictatorial people out there? Yeah, but they don't even come close to the dictatorial, tyrannical people on the left. Not even close. Not even close. If you want to see who the real dictators are, all you have to do is look at the Democratic Party. And in fact, I think that these accusations of scary Christian nationalism, I think it's projection because they are constantly on the left trying to morally manipulate us and emotionally extort us into buying into their views they use religion, they use all kinds of emotional and spiritual tactics to try to convince us that being on their side is the righteous and the moral thing to do. So when Kamala Harris, or when Stacey Abrams, or when Joe Biden, when Pete Buttigieg, when they use the Bible to try to say that we must be uh, pro-choice and uh, scared to have children because of climate change, and all these uh, all these policies that they want us to support, uh, that's fine because the ends justify the means. But if we allow the Bible to inform what we think about things like abortion, then it's scary, scary fascism. Um, I've, uh, you know, I've said this so many times, but it, it just seems to still be a sticking point for a lot of Christians. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about the rise of Christian fascism. (laughs) There's like two people in the entirety of the United States that have those beliefs. You need to be worried about the complete institutional capture of every national and international entity by progressivism. You think BlackRock and Vanguard and all these organizations are pushing Christian conservatism? They're not, okay? This is so stupid. It really is projection. All right. I have more to say about this documentary and some of the people in it in just a second, but let me pause. Let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day. And that is Carly Jean Los Angeles. Love Carly Jean Los Angeles. So as I say, I'm always wearing Carly Jean Los Angeles or my own merch. Today happens to be a my own merch day. This is a Christmas sweatshirt that we made last year. It's really it's, it's really cute. I won't talk about that right now. I'll talk about Carly G Los Angeles. Uh, I'm wearing uh, Carly G Los Angeles under my sweatshirt though. Really soft shirt. I wear them all the time. I absolutely love their clothes. They make me feel good in every season of life. I'm still postpartum right now. So not like the most confident ever about how I look. And yet I know that I can put on an outfit Uh, from Carly Jean Los Angeles and feel really good, feel really stylish. And I just love them so much. This is another Christian company that champions the values that you and I have. So spend your money here if you're going to buy clothes rather than at those other women's clothing places that are supporting abortion and things like that. Go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. They've got a deal going on. Use code RELATABLE25 for $25 off in order of $125 or more. Or code RELATABLE50 for $50 off in order of $200 or more. This excludes final sale items and there's always free shipping on orders over $100. This is a one-time use code, just FYI. So go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com, use promo code RELATABLE25 or RELATABLE50. All right, quite a few things about this uh, documentary. One thing I wanted to point out that you might have seen in that trailer that we also talked about on Monday with John, but I wanted to talk about it a little bit more, was one of the examples that they gave in that montage of apparently Christian nationalism was footage of a man being thrown out of a school board meeting. Now, who was this man? Who was this man that was being thrown out of a school board meeting that we're supposed to believe from that footage was the scary Christian nationalist that was doing something bad? You saw that he was being arrested in a room and he looked like he was resisting uh, resisting arrest. Um, this was a dad by the name of John Teagues um, out of Loudoun County, Virginia. Now, why was he getting arrested? Why was he making a ruckus in this school board meeting? So this is according to uh, the Federalist. He was arrested on June 22nd, 2021, after he tried to express his concerns about the school district's Uh, quote-unquote, moral decay. He was one of more than 250 people who had signed up to speak during the public comment section of Loudoun County School Board meeting regarding the board's new transgender policy proposal. Uh, The proposal mandated that employees uh, use preferred pronouns, so-called, and would allow students to use preferred restrooms regardless of their sex Uh, before teeks could speak school board chairwoman brenda sheridan called off the meeting teeks stood up and encouraged people on both sides of the debate to stay and discuss what they came to discuss he said that people could be heard without amplification because it was a peaceful assembly however the now recently fired superintendent scott ziegler declared that the gathering was an unlawful Assembly and ordered hundreds of people uh, to leave. And Teagues refused to leave. Uh, Then he was arrested for trespassing. Uh, His arrest was used by the National School Boards Association in 2021 in collusion with the Biden White House to justify the smearing of concerned parents as domestic terrorists who required punishment from federal law enforcement. On January 5th, 2023, Teagues was found not guilty of trespassing. And I do want to correct something that I said on Monday. I got him confused with a dad who was also arrested at a school board meeting because the... Uh, because his daughter had been uh, assaulted by a so-called transgender person in uh, the bathroom, um, this guy John Teagues was uh, was it was a different person, but uh, he was also not guilty of anything. He was simply peacefully trying to raise his voice about a very disturbing and very dangerous policy that would allow boys into girls' restrooms. And he was arrested for trespassing after the superintendent said suddenly that this was an unlawful gathering. And so that was included uh, in this advertisement. Why? Because the people who made this documentary don't believe that Christians should care about that. They don't believe that Christians should have any say over uh, over whether a boy should enter into a girl's bathroom. Because if they do, that's scary Christian nationalism. They're trying to intimidate you out of saying anything. They're trying to intimidate you away from defending your children, defending gender, defending things that matter, defending the things that keep your family safe. They don't want you to say anything about it because they want you to be scared of being called a fascist and a Christian nationalist they're okay with you being a christian as long as you don't act like it they're okay with you being a christian as long as you don't live that out they're okay with you believing these crazy archaic uh barbaric things about the definition of marriage and the protection of children and the gender binary and all of those things but you cannot allow those things to go outside of your home And in fact, they might say that, but they're really not even okay with that. Because if you don't allow your own child to go through so-called gender transition, then the state of California or the state of Oregon or these liberal states will come into your home and remove your child from your home and make sure that they get the hormone treatments that they want. That's not fear-mongering. That's not slippery slope. That's literally happening. That's literally happening. We actually, that's happening in Illinois. We had a mom. Uh, who lost custody of her daughter because she did not agree with the transition of her daughter. Yaley Martinez, that's a a child out of California. She ended up committing suicide after the state removed uh, her from her mother's home because her mother did not agree with her child transitioning. So this stuff is happening. But according to this documentary, based on the things that they're including, you're not allowed to say anything about that or else it's scary Christian nationalism. So origins of the documentary. Catherine, um, Catherine Stewart, the documentary is based on her book, Power Worshippers Inside the Dangerous Rise of Religious uh, Nationalism. And so she fearmongers about the religious right and the power that we're taking. Like, it's funny because, like, Donald Trump is seen as the figurehead of this. And, like, I, I'm not even sure that the man is a Christian. I don't even think he could tell you the first thing about what the Bible says or what the gospel says, but he is apparently the representation of religious nationalism. Uh, Catherine Stewart is a left-wing New York Times journalist who is a proud supporter of abortion. She has criticized um, other Christian movements in the past. Uh, She wrote a book about uh, the Good News Club, which is a nonprofit after school club that shares the gospel with students in public schools. She called it a stealth assault from the Christian right. So again, these people just have a problem with you being a Christian. Like they just have a problem with you sharing the gospel and living out your faith. That is the issue. So uh, she is behind uh, this documentary. She claims that these Christians are worshiping power. And then also we've got Rob Reiner, who is a, um, he is a Hollywood producer. He's produced a lot of major films and he apparently is helping with the producing of this. He is a longtime liberal activist, has been pushing for radical left-wing policies for Uh, for a very uh, long time. We've also got Kristen Dume and we've got Andrew Whitehead. Uh, Kristen Dume, she wrote Jesus and John Wayne. Andrew Whitehead has been writing about the dangers of Christian nationalism for a long time. I would be more than happy to have either of these people on my show. They can promote the wazoo out of their books, and we can talk all about it. I would love to ju- I just want to go through their arguments one by one, and really make sure that I understand it, really make sure that my audience understands it. Um, I would be more than happy to have these people on. They can even promote this documentary if they want to. Um, Phil Vischer, as I said, VeggieTales co-creator, he is a part of it. Phil Vischer and I have gone back and forth several times on things. I think he is so incredible wrong on the most important uh, moral issues of our day he would probably be someone like David French and Russell Moore who try to push they would not call themselves progressive as I said but they would push a so-called third way I think and a lot of these things they end up I think erring on the side of the left on many issues David French probably the least of the three um, but they would represent you know I'm not trying to be right or left I'm uh, in the middle of these issues, or I'm a Christian, but I'm not this scary Christian nationalist who actually thinks that your worldview should inform your vote. Um, they would probably be more in that camp, but they end up being so soft on these issues that they basically just serve serve it all up for progressives. Uh, they basically are in alignment with them uh, when it comes down to the conclusions of uh progressive ideas. Um they're very I don't want to say like they're not idiots. So I don't want to say that because I actually don't think that they're stupid, but they are useful idiots. They are useful idiots because they're always punching right and tickling left. So they might pretend to sometimes criticize the left on things, but they are, uh, they're definitely going to make sure that you know that the real problem ri- lies with, uh, the right. Um, There are several other people who are a part of it whose names that you would probably recognize Russell Moore in the documentary says that Christian nationalism uses Christianity as a means to an end, that end being some form of authoritarianism. The term Christian nationalism refers to the use of Christian word symbols or rituals as a means to shore up an ethnic or national identity. Again, how many people actually believe this? If you think that this is the real threat, David French, he says we should be blazing forth as a countercultural example, and instead we are leading the charge of malice and division, really? Okay. um, It's the right that's doing that. Wow, that's just incredible. Anthea Butler, we talked about her on Monday. She's the author of White Evangelical Racism, The Politics of Morality in America. She was the one in that advertisement who said that we're going to lose democracy thanks to the people on January 6th. Really? Like these people have no power. They have no power. They have no institutional or governmental backing uh, what so? ever um kyle Mann said this i thought this was funny he said he's of the babylon beak he said avowed atheist rob reiner i'm looking for christians to interview in my documentary slamming christians david french phil fisher russell moore say no more fam Uh, Yeah, that's typically how it goes. And so just be on the, I mean, be on the lookout for this. If you see people sharing this in your life, you got to talk to them. You got to talk to them. You got to hold them by the shoulders and say, look at where the power actually is. They are just trying to ensure that there's no dissent. They're just trying to silence uh, any last dissenting voice Uh, to the zeitgeist of progressivism. That's all that's happening here. Like we can have theological debates about some of the theological mistakes that these uh, actual Christian nationalists are making, those that you you know, see January 6th, whatever, making ridiculous claims about America and God and the Bible. We can talk about those things, but let's not pretend that this power or that this movement has any real power. Come on, let's live in reality. Um, but I do want to read you some headlines because this is, this is going to be the line that we hear over and over again, over and over again in 2024. Far-right MAGA-theocrats, most dangerous threat to America. A former Playboy White House reporter, What? says MAGA and Christian nationalism are a bigger threat to U.S. than Hamas. I can't. Brie is laughing. She's trying to stifle her laughter. Do you, do you want to know, Playboy reporter, what Hamas would do to you? Like You live in this country right next to all these so-called Christian nationalists, and you're just able to live your degenerate life freely, without consequence at all. Do you, know, you want to know what would happen if you went to Palestine? you'd be dead. You'd be dead, boo. Okay. But here you are just living your life here next to all these scary Christian nationalists. You would be raped and beheaded by Hamas. You actual insane person. Uh, On the Bill Maher show, Democrat strategist James Carville claims that Speaker Johnson, Speaker Mike Johnson, who is in a lot of hot water for being a Christian who says Christian things, Um, and Christian nationalism are a bigger threat to America than Al Qaeda. They really believe that James Carville by the way is seen as like a moderate a sane voice among Democrats. That's what you're going to hear in 2024. They are going to be manipulating Christians so hard uh, telling you that it's fine to be a Christian just don't vote like it. Oh my gosh you have to repudiate that nonsense as fiercely as you possibly can and they are going to try so hard to empathy shame you and say the right and the righteous and the moral and the loving thing to do is just to vote for abortion, vote for transgenderism, vote for uh, progressive tyranny. They want so badly full power and to gaslight you into thinking that voting according to your conscience is grabbing for power. You got to call them out and you can't believe a second of it. All right. We had a couple more stories to talk about, but instead I'm going to do a more fun segment with, uh, with Bree to finish this out. But let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day, and that is World Watch. I absolutely love World Magazine. It is a Christian... biblically conservative uh, outlet for uh, reporting and analyzing the news. And they also have something really cool called World Watch. It's a daily 10-minute show primarily designed for students. So students can discover what's happening in the world, understand major concepts in the news by engaging uh, in this really fun and creative and adaptable format. Whether you're discipling your kids or teaching students in a classroom or simply growing tired of reactionary media outlets, this program brings curious people of all ages together by facilitating deep discussions safely and calmly covering challenging topics and reminding us that whatever the news, the purpose of the Lord will stand. Gosh, this is so important. I mean, students, especially in the public school system, but in a lot of private schools, too. Are being taught propaganda, they're being taught anti biblical views of the world. And so, if you want your child to be aware of what's going on, but through a perspective that is godly and again that is calm and kind and is assuring, then connect to World Watch. You can go to World Watch News, um, sorry, worldwatch.news. Alley for three months of unlimited episodes. It's typically six ninety nine a month, but with that link, you can get three months of unlimited episodes for free. Worldwatch.news Slash Alley, Worldwatch.news Slash Allie. Okay. So let's take a break from all that craziness and talk about Christmas music. Uh, Brie was like, I'm dying to tell everyone what my <laughs> least favorite Christmas song is. Um, and we understand that it's going to cause a little bit of controversy, a little bit of controversy, because some people are very emotionally attached to this song. Now, Brie, I want you to tell us what is the worst Christmas song and you have to sing it.
1: <laughs> Brie actually
0: can sing, but she's, she's never, my she's never to sing sung that song. for me. And I guess she's not going to sing for Relatable, <laughs> no, so you can sing. Not this it, song. Um, okay, the worst
1: Christmas song is Christmas Shoes. Wow. Wow. Why do you hate children? I know. I know. I know people listening are going to be like, oh, but I love that song. It's so sad. And I'm sorry. It is
0: sad. What? But, okay, explain what you hate about it. And okay. It, well, okay, wait. First, first, first. Read us some of the lyrics because some okay. people may not know. Okay. Okay, you know what? So, I will sing it want to buy these shoes for my mama, please. Because it's Christmas Eve and these shoes are just her size. Could you hurry, <laughs> sir? <laughs> Some d- The doctor, Daddy, says, yeah, there's, Daddy not says there's not much, much time. time. And... She's been sick for quite a while. She's been sick for quite a while. I know these shoes will make her smile. <laughs> oh, this is actually like making... <laughs> if mama meets Jesus tonight. <laughs> well, you know the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, we've been listening to it since like 1993. Yeah, true. Since before you were born, Bree. Um, okay, so... There you go, everyone. If you had never heard it, it is a really sad song, but tell me why you hate it. Okay.
1: The kid has no money, right? Yeah. The family has no money. Mom's on her deathbed. Yeah. And he chooses to leave, go to a store, and buy shoes so she looks pretty for Jesus.
0: Yeah, Brie.
1: I don't think priorities are right there. Don't think dad should <laughs> trying- have let him go do that.
0: It's a child. Dad shouldn't have let him
1: go do that. Wow. Also, he doesn't even have enough money for the shoes, so he has to beg for them anyway. He is a child <laughs> trying
0: to make his mother happy on her But death you know bed. what
1: would make her happy is if he didn't leave to go buy shoes.
0: <laughs> Bree, he's seven, okay? Yeah. He's six. Yeah. He's just trying to do something nice for his dying mother.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just wrong. I hope so. Brie's
0: mom is listening to
1: this. <laughs> My mom is the one who taught me to hate this song, actually. Oh, my gosh. She can't stand it. So oh, my gosh. So we're on the same page.
0: Okay, I just wanted to play devil's advocate, but I actually, I agree with you just like that it is, what inspired someone to, to write it? Yeah. You know, why yeah. is this a Christmas song? Like, what is it supposed to do for us? What is it supposed to do for the people listening to it? Yeah. Except for make us like really sad. I think that we, there are better ways to channel our compassion for kids who are actually going through something that's tragic. Maybe it's to remind us that people are going through really difficult things and that we should be kind to them and stuff. But man, it really—it's a very sad song, and I don't understand its purpose at Christmas time. That's a much more gracious.
1: Uh. Yeah. Yeah. That's much more gracious than my review, which is just that it's a dumb song. But. Um, it also, it's written from the point of view of the guy who gives the kid money for the shoes. So that's a little self-serving in my yeah. opinion. Also.
0: You know what? Here's Here's the take. Is that it is actually taking away from what Christmas really is about. It kind of is feeding into this secular idea that Christmas is just, it's just about giving. It's just yeah. about, it's just about peace, whatever. Like these kind of abstract concepts instead of pointing to like the source of peace jesus himself so it, yeah. it's kind of like a secular song when you think about it yeah okay it you want to hear my f- also jesus okay. doesn't care what
1: shoes you're wearing when you die
0: yeah i know okay he doesn't have his full theology on lock yet i know he's six i know yeah if you want to know the spirit that is driving this show here's brie people are gonna be like wow ali is so such a sweet little angel <laughs> in, co- in <laughs> comparison character. i'm sorry everyone i'm sorry <laughs> um okay my least favorite christmas song is last christmas oh, that's yeah i gave you my heart that's a really bad one that's awful it's So bad. awful song
1: so bad i haven't heard a version that i thought was good which means it's genuinely not a good Oh, uh, taylor
0: swift hasn't sang it yet she she might have actually i don't know and it would be bad if she did okay it would be it would be i admit it i can say it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's my least favorite christmas song okay um now i've seen some hot takes this year some people are saying some people are saying that mariah carey is (laughs) overrated just that song Mm, i
1: think in general but maybe I don't know how you can be overrated if you, like, only really have one. I mean, I know she has other songs that are popular, oh my but, like, that's the song. <laughs> the Mariah heads know? are going to come after you <laughs> for saying that. I'm sorry. No, uh, no, but, like, this is her season, you know, because of that one song. Yeah. I don't know how you could be overrated. I don't know. I love that song. I think it's great.
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess I love that song. It reminds me of Love Actually. Which honestly, I'm not re- I'm still not sure if I've solidified my opinions of love, really? actually. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's one of my least favorite. Christmas. It's one of your least favorite? Okay. Yeah. Why is it one of your least favorite?
1: I just think it, there's a lot of bad messaging in it. I don't think it's well written. I think most of the characters are annoying. Yeah. I know I'm a Debbie Downer in this segment, but I just, I can't stand yeah, that. Yeah. What movie. do you like about Christmas? <laughs> well, okay, there are great Christmas movies too and Christmas songs, what? but.
0: What's your favorite It's a Christmas wonderful movie?
1: life. Great. I mean, that's Okay, like I love the movie. holiday. Oh yeah, that's uh, a great one.
0: Horrible horrible morality. Okay, I understand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what Jude Law and Cameron Diaz got going on, I'm not saying that it is like you know, morally okay, but it's a cute movie. Yeah, it it's really good. Jack good Black movie. is my favorite character in that movie. I love him. He's so I love sweet. him in like everything he's in. Okay, this is causes contention between my husband and me. And that is Home Alone. I don't like Home Alone.
1: Oh, I don't either.
0: My husband loves it.
1: Did he grow up watching it? I think so. Because I didn't. And I think that's why now I've seen it as an adult. I'm like, I don't get
0: it. No, it it also makes me nervous. Like, it makes me nervous (gasps) as a mom. I'm like, I'm supposed to just watch this and not feel traumatized that this little boy was left at home and is fending off robbers while his parents are in France? That's a great point. I mean, that is, like, that. that's a, my worst nightmare. That's a good um, point.
1: I don't like those those the sh- where everything goes wrong movies. Do You ever yeah. watch, like, Mr. Bean movies? No. Oh, <laughs> you're missing out. Um, but those just, the, the premise is everything is always going wrong, and it stresses me out. Yeah. It's hard See, to watch. See, that's how my
0: mom feels about The Office. Oh. The Office <laughs> makes her nervous. Yeah. But I don't feel that way about The Office. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. Hmm. Um okay those are those are our christmas takes any more christmas takes
1: oh i do have a little a cute little recommendation i just saw this movie the star oh have you seen that uh no but it's the cartoon right yeah it's about a little donkey and he's like self-conscious because he's like abused and he wants to be as important as like a normal horse and then he becomes the donkey that that uh carries yes. Mary to Bethlehem. Yes. And it's really it's a really sweet story. So, that's like the book
0: The Three Trees. Isn't that what that's called?
1: Uh The Three
0: Trees? Yeah, I think those of you out there you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um yeah, I couldn't tell you the entire the entire story. Um but anyway, yes, that's really sweet. Yeah. That's sweet. <laughs> okay. Um that's all we got time for. Longer episode today, but let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day. It's a very fitting sponsor. This is a great way to spend your money if you're looking for uh, somewhere to uh, to give. Uh, this Christmas season, then I would absolutely recommend Preborn. This is a network of clinics that's saving children's lives by offering free services to pregnant moms in crisis. They offer free ultrasounds and an ultrasound increases the likelihood that a mom is going to choose life for her baby. That free ultrasound costs uh, $28 for them to offer her. And so they need our donations in order to, uh, provide this for these women. So if you can donate just $28, uh, or if you can donate whatever your best gift is, that can help save a life. It makes such a big difference. If you dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby, you can donate securely there, or you can go to preborn.com slash Allie, preborn.com slash Allie, and you can give your best gift there, preborn.com slash Allie. Okay. That's all we've got time for today. We've got an awesome interview coming your way tomorrow. Lots of good stuff coming out that I'm excited about. We're already making fun plans for the new year too. Can't wait to let you in on that. Um, all right. Thanks so much for listening and we will be back here tomorrow.